dude, dude. Let me turn this off. Self. All right. Uh, oh, that was just quiet. Uh, hi, guys. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, and I will remain nameless. Uh, no, I am TJ, and uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Oh, welcome to. Why be so loud, TJ? Welcome to episode. 112. All right, guys. So here with another guest. Um, I, you know, again, I, I seem to have different methods in finding people. Uh, but this one kind of came to me in a way. Obviously, uh, well, when this comes out, this will be months past. But... Uh, obviously I had Barbie and go on and, you know, we became good friends and, uh, she has connections and knows a lot of different people. Um, and I was looking for someone with dwarfism for a good while. Um, and him and I can talk more about some of the things that are kind of plaguing his community or, you know, the disabled community in general, but definitely the, the dwarfism community. Uh, but it's hard to find advocates, uh, that are on his level, people that are just intelligent enough to really fight and speak up for, you know, what they go through. Um, and I think a lot of people misconstrue people, uh, the little people community, because it's just like, well, they, they function well in pretty much every other area for the most part, uh, except for they're short. But that doesn't mean they don't have, um, no pun intended, shortcomings, and they don't have, uh, you know, hard times, um, and so it's always been a community I've wanted to kind of delve into and, and a condition and, or just the little people community in general wanted to get into because uh, I know their lives are a lot harder than people think. Um, and so, yeah, so she she reached out to me and, and then reached out to him and um, he said yes and we talked and it seemed like we had a lot in common. And so uh, I guess you can just tell us your name and obviously just a little about yourself. Uh, yeah, so my name is Alex Menard. I um, have a form of dwarfism called pseudochondroplasia. Um, I work for the Forest Service right now, and I have been on three different reality TV shows, uh, The Amazing Race, Season 27, uh, Naked and Afraid, and then Naked and Afraid with Sharks. <laughs> okay, so they threw one with sharks. All right. I like yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of looked up some, I don't want to say fun facts, but just certain little things here. Uh, apparently there's about 700,000 uh, people with dwarfism in the world. I think it's about 30,000 just in the States alone. Uh, I guess the, the highest average height is about 410. Um, and I guess about 80%, oh, there's 300 different types of dwarfism. Which I don't. Yeah, that is, people, a, that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that. I think it's just like, oh, it's dwarfism. But uh, and apparently, eighty percent of people who are born with dwarfism are born uh, regular size. Um, yeah. So which, you don't start getting symptoms until about two or four years old. I think two or three, or like two to four years old, is when symptoms really start showing that uh, you're going to be short limbed or have some type of dwarfism. Right. Um, so how, you know, obviously not to demean you, but how, how tall are you? Uh, so I am four eleven and three quarters. Um, I always say the three quarters just to give myself a little extra inch, you know, right. um, <laughs> but 
but yeah so my dad it's my kind of dwarfism is it's kind of weird how it runs in my family it, dwarfism normally doesn't do that a lot of times it's just kind of a random mutated genetic disorder that comes about mm-hmm. um but for some reason with my family it, it gets every other kid so like my oldest uncle didn't get it my dad got it my aunt didn't but my youngest aunt did hmm. and so with my family yeah it's weird so like with my family my older sister didn't get it i got it and my younger brother didn't i mean like my my younger brother i think five seven he played division three football as a wide receiver like so I call him my little big brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so technically, because like I just read that floor 10 is considered tall. I mean, it's, you know, the average, like tallest, but you're actually a smidge above that, um, which is, you know, indirect, like I said, um, because I think a lot of times when you hear people who say they're dwarves, uh, they usually say if you're under, was it four ten and a half or something like that you're actually considered yeah. a dwarf, but if you're above it, so how do you, I mean, I guess it's more the condition, not the height, right? For you. Right. right. And, it, and that's, that's the one thing that a lot of people don't really understand about dwarfism is it's not really about the height. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's girls out there that are four ten and don't have a form of dwarfism, you know? Right. So it's not necessarily about the height. It's more, it's, it's a skeletal dysplasia. So our bones are, and that's where our short stature comes from is from the bones being different. Right. Um, so like I, I have, I have dwarf hands, you know, like I have very tiny hands. Um, apparently my fingers like were like built backwards or something like that. Um, the, my growth plates, I think stopped growing. I stopped growing in seventh grade. Um, I think it was like maybe a centimeter after that, like not very much. So it's, with, with dwarfism, it, it comes about as like, uh, like I said earlier, it's not really about the height. The height just kind of is like more of a side effect of what was really going on. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of misconceptions about the, you know, the dwarfism or just the little people community in general. Like I, I think people want, like I said, there's the whole average height and I think it's more just, I guess you'd be considered a little person, but like I, I, I know someone who I was just talking to recently and she's, she's 4'11 and she's really short, but she has like regular size limbs her arms and legs match her body. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's just considered short and then she doesn't have any kind of bone structure or any, she, like I said, she's just a smaller person in stature, but um, she wouldn't fall in your category because she doesn't have any kind of condition or anything. She's just a short little Jewish lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's weird how dwarfism comes about. Um, so, and the things that come along with dwarfism is uh, uh, disproportionate limbs. So, um, my cousin got his arms are a little longer than mine, um, and uh, a normal sized head is another thing that really comes with it. And which is why a lot of people think we look funny is because our heads are normal, but our bodies are small, which. Right. You know, it is what it is. We don't have a choice with that. That's just, that's just what comes with it. Right. Um, yeah, it's like a misnomer because people think that you guys just have big heads, but the reality is just your head is actually normal size, but the limbs are what don't match the, the brain, I guess. Right. Yep. So, yeah, and then, like, the biggest thing with the dwarfism that I have, at least, I don't know about the 300 others, um, is that we have really bad joints. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, my my dad has already, he's 
62, I think. And he's already had a full shoulder replacement, a full knee replacement, and he's working on getting a full ankle replacement. Wow. So our joints, yeah, our joints are the arthritis that comes along with my type of dwarfism is really bad and very um, progressive. Right. Um, so, I mean, he's 60-something and already has full joint replacement. Um, and unfortunately, that's what my future is looking like, too. I've already had, I've had two um, surgeries on my shoulder just for, like, ligaments and stuff like that. And I ended up actually getting diagnosed with arthritis in both my shoulders at the age of 15. So. Wow. It's, yeah. Um, this is a question I've asked many people, but, you know, and I've, I've gotten it asked myself. But when did you, I mean, obviously, we, you know when you stopped growing, but when did you actually realize that you weren't normal like all the other kids? Oh, that's a great question. I'm not really sure. And of course, normal. I noticed de- that. You know, people define normal any different way, but you know, right. what I mean? when you're young and you're, yeah, you, you stick different. out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. So I dealt with, I think the biggest thing that I've had to deal with, um, my dwarfism and having people around is the, uh, constant bullying that I went through in middle school and high school because I was different and I mean obviously I knew I was different since the age of two when I first got diagnosed with it and um, so like I always knew I was different but like really trying to accept my dwarfism took me years and years and years to actually do Um, and it wasn't until I went back to college at 26 years old that I really accepted my dwarfism and really was like this is who I am this is how I'm gonna be because this is me um so it took me 26 something years to really accept that I am kind of different um obviously I've been different my whole life but to really just be myself um it took it took me a while to really get to it and that's like one of the biggest things reasons I did these tv shows is because um I'm the first one to put my dwarfism my condition out on naked and afraid um i'm the first dwarfism person to go out and try and do a 21 day survival challenge and and i completed it and the reason i wanted to do that was one i thought it'd be fun and that was a total misconception it was absolutely miserable and terrible but in the end it ended up being a good because i completed all 21 days but the other thing was that since I was the first one out there, I wanted people to look at me and see that I am different and it's okay to be different and to go out and like chase your dreams and do stuff that you want to do. Not just because I was bullied my whole life and told that I was different and that I can't reach the top shelf doesn't mean that I'm not going to find a way to reach the top shelf. Top shelf. So right. like, that was one of the big reasons right. I really decided to do these TV shows and um, having this dwarfism has really like enlightened people and people call me an inspiration and, and I, I appreciate that, you know, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me and um, really happy with me doing that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know, I met this one little girl in Colorado and she was one of the sweetest little girls. And this is just from the amazing race. Um, her mom had reached out to me and was like, Hey, my daughter just got diagnosed with the same dwarfism that you have. And I am, I, I'll remember these words today. I am 
she said, I am so happy and excited to be able to show her that the people that with her form of dwarfism are out there doing big things. And I can't wait to show her the episodes of you and your cousin on the amazing race. And, um, I actually took time and went out and met this little girl and she's one of the most amazing little girls ever. Like she's just great, super funny. And it was, it was just one of those cool moments to really like walk in and like have this feeling of like, I'm this little girl's role model, you know? And, um, it's, it's cool to bring out this dwarfism and really bring it into people's eyes that we are different, but it's okay because we are who we are and we love ourselves. Yeah. No, I think you're an inspiration even to me and I don't, I'm, you know, full size, if you want to call it, whatever you want to call the term, but yeah, I mean, you're an inspiration just in general as a person, but I mean, I appreciate that. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. But I mean, because if you look around, like who are the most famous dwarfs? Obviously, Peter Dinklage probably comes to everyone's mind because of Game of Thrones. And look, he earned it. He's a great right. actor. He's not just a, he wasn't just good for a dwarf. Like he's a good damn actor. But right, yeah. how many Peter Dinklages are out there? And when you see, I mean, again, a lot of these like Roman type shows, you will see dwarves and stuff like that for that time period. But you never really see it like he was more of a he was a really powerful character. So a lot of people really took a liking to him. And, you know, now he gets any role he wants and women will throw themselves at him just because of what he did on that show. But his life isn't realistic to most people who have dwarfism. Um, You know, there's a a comic named Brad Williams, who's a funny guy. I think it's his name. Um, Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. And he's a funny guy. And he kind of takes the you know, he he shows some anger, but he, he really brings the humor out of everything. Uh, and of course, you had the guy on Jackass, Wee Man. There's, there's, there's guys out there um, that were, yeah. you know, doing what the best what they can, um, and just living their lives. Especially someone like Wee Man, who you know, even though you can say, well, he's kind of making a mockery of it, but he's not. Like he's just he's having fun with his friends. He has all these full size friends. He's he's making a jackass, you know, pun intended, I guess, having fun with his life. But he's not <laughs> showing that his littleness really affects him at all. He's just enjoying his life. Um, and after a while, you kind of forget he's just small because he's just having fun and just doing stupid shit. Um, right. And so, but still, I mentioned three people, and I'm sure you could probably mention way more than I could. But like, obviously, Peter Dinklage is probably the most iconic of anybody, if, if just as far as stature and name wise. But again, like, how many dwarves can you mention? Even just like the average person, like I said, I, I mentioned three, and I most people probably couldn't even mention that. Um, and so. It, it, you know, for someone like you, you should be a role model because obviously you, you're doing more with what your condition is. Like you're, you're putting yourself out there more. You're more vulnerable because even with an actor, it's like, okay, you're faking a lot of stuff. Like, you know, you're, you can, right. when, when you fuck up, you can just say cut you like you're out. I mean, you're putting even more vulnerable. You're putting yourself naked on the television show and saying here, <laughs> you know, vulnerable in multiple ways beyond just your condition. Um, so someone like you, yeah, like I said, you should be looked up to, um, like I said, I didn't know much of you, but again, I, I also don't watch a lot of those reality television shows, but I know of those shows, uh, I've seen clips and stuff, but, uh, you know, and then once she told me who you were, like, it wasn't hard to find you. And I realized like, okay, this guy's amazing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it, it, it's kind of sad because like I said, in your condition with, or with your condition, there's not a lot of people for people to look up to like that little girl, like who can she look up to? other than, you know, someone like Peter Dinklage. Right. Who yeah. Isn't realistic. It, yeah. And it's, it's, it's just crazy with like the form of dwarfism and like, cause I, I've been to little people conventions and I've been around the community a little bit and it's, it, it, it's amazing to see how 
everybody acts with Georgia. Nobody, their personalities are bigger than what they look. You know, it's right. some of the most the top, fun sometimes. I've ever had. Yeah. One of, the, one of the most fun times I've ever had was at a door convention. And I had one of my buddies who's a normal height. He came with me and he was like, dude, little people know how to get down. Like everybody was having a blast. Everybody was being themselves and their personalities are bigger, larger than life, you know? And it's an amazing community to be in. And I wish we, I wish we did have more people that would speak out and really get into the fact that just because we're little, it's not funny. Like we really do deal with a lot of stuff that um, we don't talk about because, if we do, normally we get laughed at, you know, it's like, oh, you're tiny. So like, it's funny. Like there's a bunch of TikToks that I've seen with like a little person jumping into a lake and, and then it's like a water droplet noise, you know, it's, which it's funny. Like you have to laugh at yourself. Life is funny. You have to laugh at yourself. You have to understand that. But um, right. at the same time, it's, it's not okay to sit back and pick on somebody, you know? Right, you're kind of the butt of every joke. Like, even recently I've seen, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people saw the, the latest Joker movie. Well, there's a, there's a dwarf in that movie, and there's a scene where, and he actually is really nice to that guy, but, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, but he, he, you know, he's really nice to the dwarf, but the reality is there's a scene where he tells him he can, you know, he basically kills everybody in the room, and he just says, you know, you can go. But then there's a scene where he's trying to get to the door, and he can't reach the door, and there's like there's like a 15-second, yep. like, awkward you know, oh, look, the little guy can't reach the doorknob. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, I, I thought that I, that scene to me, uh, I thought it was kind of fucked up. It wasn't really But necessary. I also thought it was really fun. I thought it was really funny. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there, yeah. The, the whole, like, laughing at yourself and, like, just enjoying life, like, it, it was messed up, but at the same time, it was funny. Like, right, yeah. There, yeah. Are, there are some things that I can't reach that I do ask somebody to reach it for me. Right. But that doesn't mean just because I asked them to reach it for me doesn't mean that I can't find a way to do it myself. I'm just, it's more convenient. You're right here. Just reach it for me, you know? Right. Um, how, how have you made life, like, work for you? Because, like I said, one of, the, one of the things I'm most fascinated by, especially with all the people I've interviewed, I would love to hear what people use or do to make life work for them. So, like, obviously for the visually impaired, we use a lot of different things to blow things up for you know, for reading or, or whatever, somehow to visualize it a little easier, uh, put it more in focus. Uh, you know, I met someone who um, had a traumatic brain injury and she still wants to be able to drive, but her her right side is paralyzed. So she has like a little pedal on her car that on the left side. And when she pushes it down, it pushes it up down on the right side so she can still drive. You know, there's, there's people, they have, oh, so many, cool. yeah, there's so many, and she has like a cutting board where, it just kind of keeps everything still and she presses one button and it cut like there's just all these different little mechanisms that people make. And again, I know it may be a little different because um, you may just say a ladder. I don't know. But in general, like <laughs> what, what are what are the things? How do you make your life? Like, you know, how do you make life that's not built for you work for you? So one thing with me personally, uh, I was lucky enough not to be very short with my dwarfism. Like I said, I was four eleven three quarters and pretty much five foot um so there's not much that i've used personally in my life to make my life easier or better um my dad uses tongs sometimes to reach stuff higher up um 
I'm still young enough to where I can like jump on the counter if I need to get to the top shelf or something like that. Right. Uh, but when I get older, obviously I'm going to need to get like a grabber or something. Um, I do know some little people that have pedal extenders in their car. Um, I do know one that has the handle, um, the gas and brake on the steering wheel. Um, so they can drive. Um, I know people use scooters as well when their joints are hurting to walk around too much. Um, and that's coming from a girl that I know that she was younger than me and she's already in that scooter. Wow. So there's, there's, yeah, there's, it, it's hard to sit here and say like all these tools and everything that are being used when I don't personally use them, but I do know people that do. No, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, is that a, is that a reality to a lot of people with dwarfism as far as just scooters and wheelchairs and crutches and, you know, you said you got a lot of pain and things yourself. Uh, is, is that a reality to a lot of people with that condition? Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of goes along with the age as well. So obviously, and it also depends on the type of dwarfism. So that, that little girl that I met, um, that looks up to me as like a role model. She's already in a wheelchair and a scooter just because it really hurts for her to walk. And she was six years old when I met her. Um, and so the one thing with dwarfism comes a lot of pain with the joints and everything. And that's what not a lot of people believe or see, you know, like, cause we don't just tell them like, Hey, I'm in pain. Like that's, I don't, I don't know why we do that. I'm stubborn. I won't tell somebody I'm in pain, but that's just me. Um, but there's a lot of things that in reality with dwarfism that I, I will eventually have to get my joints replaced. So the things that my dad and my aunt are going through right now in their fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. unfortunately that, that is my future. That is what I'm going to end up having to do. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a disability that really kind of progresses as you get older, and your joints really deteriorate, and your bones start hurting more, and um, it, it it will get bad. And I'm not looking forward to that at all. But you know, I'm also not afraid of it because I do know what's coming. Right? Is there something to that, like that? as a human, like you're supposed to grow more, but you, you can't because of the condition. Like, I don't, I have no idea. I'm just literally asking, but, um, yeah. So like people actually end up shrinking as they get older, uh, right. height wise and everything. But with, with the former dwarfism that I personally have my arthritis, like I said, I was diagnosed with my shoulders at 15 with arthritis and it's just gonna, it's gonna grow or it's going to get worse. I shouldn't say grow. It's going to get worse. Um, to where my joints will either solidify and I won't be able to move them or I'm just going to need a full replacement and it's going to be a painful until I get to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, obviously when you get older, a lot of people go through all kinds of problems. Your body just doesn't develop the same and obviously everything slows down and you know, everything, depending how much wear and tear you put on it, but it seems like it doesn't matter how much wear and tear you could be pretty active and in shape or or just, you know, you don't even have to be the very active at all just to, you know, hurt yourself. You just, at some point, your body's just going to kind of go probably faster than the average person. Right. And, like, so, like, I've talked to, so I'm a, I am live a very active lifestyle right now. I, um, I work for the Forest Service, and I'm a recreation technician. So I lift, like, a lot of heavy stuff every now and then. I'm always, like, hiking and moving around. 
So I, I live a pretty active lifestyle at the moment. Um, and I've done physical therapy for my shoulder before. And I, I asked them, like the physical therapist, about like, I, I told them about my condition. I told them about what my dad's gone through. And they told me that since I live an active lifestyle, I potentially could prolong my arthritis. Um, but then again, they're not, they were like, but don't quote us on that. Like we're not specialists in dwarfism. Like we don't know, like you could end up having a joint replacement earlier than your dad because of something like that, or being active could prolong it to when you're like 70 or something, you know? So it's not, there's not a lot of case studies on this. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, they're really, you know, uh, we could probably get into it, but I, I was, you know, again, trying to find, um, I mean, there's there's enough information out there if you really look, but uh, but finding people to just even put the message out there in the first place, because uh, I'd rather hear from someone who's like you than you know even a doctor or someone who you know uh, right. comes in contact with you guys and helps you know whatever alleviate all your problems. Um, and you know we talked about this the other day, but the sexualizing of, of dwarfism is, is like off the charts more than any other disability I've ever seen because it, it's, it's in all of a, in all the different, you know, subdivisions of our community, the disabled community, but uh, it's not as prominent as yours where it's, it's like, you know, and I know you said like, you know, some of them are, are bigger than life and, 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 but some of it, I don't know if it's just as far as what I'm seeing, like on Instagram and TikTok and all that, it's like, it's over like an overcompensation of like, well, you know, you're not going to see me for how beautiful I am. Well, here's my ass. And it's like, yeah, it's like, man, like you can still be beautiful and small. Like I get it, but it's, it's, it's gotta be really frustrating for you as a person who, you know, is trying to overcome and trying to be a person who is showing others like, Hey, you can do a lot more with your size and, and you know, we are special and whatever. And you got all these other people, especially the women where it's just like, nah, I'll just shake my ass instead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the sexual sexualization of somebody with dwarfism. So like when I, when I was on naked and afraid, um, I would get messages left and right asking me how hung I was because <laughs> of my form of dwarfism, you know, like, right, right. like, Oh, they, they blurred you past your knee. You must be pretty hung for a little guy. And it's like, what? So what the, that's not the point of naked and afraid. Right. Naked and afraid is survival and dealing with a partner. You know, it's not about the, the naked aspect is just an aspect of survival that a lot of people don't go through. And so it's just one of those things that was like, how's my body without clothes on, without gear on going to react to it ter- torrential downpour, you know? Right. So like, I always tell those people to just screw off. Like, yeah, it's not, I block them right away and I, I let them know that, you know, negative phrase is not about that and it's not okay to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I've never really understood why some dwarfs or why some dwarfism is so attractive to other people. Like, I don't understand what, like, I, yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we, we live in this world now where, you know, when I grew up, Porn wasn't easy to come by. So, you know, you had, well, you had like these chip boxes and so on. And not to give you a whole history of porn, but, 
they had these little <laughs> chip boxes where you can kind of get pay-per-view and some of the things for free. And the porn channel would always come on at, you know, 12 something, 12, 15. I'm not going to pretend like I don't know. I just can't remember at the moment. It's like 12, 15 <laughs> at night. And you would just play horse racing the whole time. And then all of a sudden porn would just kick on it as a 12 year old is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But <laughs> anyway, you know, but th- you didn't get to choose what you saw. You didn't, you didn't have all these different categories and fetishes and all that. And then, yeah. then you, we developed all into these, you know, like Comcast boxes and all that where you actually had to pay for it. And then, of course, and you had the Playboy and all that back then. And then it developed into now where you have like Pornhub and all these uh, free services where you can find porn. And it's literally like, if well, I'm in the mood for Chinese. It's like picking food. It's like, what do you want? <laughs> and, you know, there's so many categories um, and I believe they still call it midget porn. I don't think they call it little. I mean, some people do, but I think it's still yeah. under the category of midget porn. And it's like, it's there. And again, it's a fetish. And, you know, again, people, whatever. Look, I'm not, I'm a guy. We all have our kinks. I get it. But that's yeah. the only time you ever really see it where it's like, oh, look, it's just, like, oh, there's just a category. Get to the M's. Oh, midget. Oh, boom. There you go. There it is. Boom. And, you know, there's so many fetishes now. There's so many weird things where it's just like people smoking cigarettes and people wearing casts. And it's not just like interracial and lesbian and, and the basic stuff. So, right. um, but midget or, you know, dwarfism, but what it's called is midget porn. Like it's there is just a fetish and there's a lot of people that get off to it. And I think some people try to capitalize. And again, we know in this world, especially women selling your, you know, sex cells, selling your body really does sell but what's frustrating again that's fine again obviously like i said there's about seven hundred thousand of you in the world which is not a lot in comparison to any other group um but when you see so when you have such few people as it is and then you break it down to how many are advocating and how many are are trying to do the right thing again i'm sure there's 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 more of you than people realize but there's damn sure not enough, especially when there's only 700,000. And I'm, I'm shortening it, really. It's like 600 and something. But close enough. So we'll say seven. It's sad because the fact that mostly what you see and when you resonate with, you know, people, little people is, oh, they're short and they like to, you know, shake their ass to, you know, urban style hip hop, R&B type music. And it's like it's sad because it's like, man, like that's not all you have to offer. And again, like finding people like you, when I say you're an inspiration because you really are for one, but two, it's just, you know what you, you could take the easy way out and and you can kind of exploit your people and all that shit, but you decide to actually challenge yourself and put yourself out into the world and naked and afraid, you know, forget the, how, what the, you know, whether you like the show or not, like it really does symbolize something. And, you don't have to go on those shows because you know, in some cases you kind of are a freak show to some people and people look at you like, Oh, yeah. oh look at the weird guy. Like you're the guy that, you know, with no legs or arms or same thing. It's just, Oh, look at the short person. Why is he here? It's like, Oh, they must've just got him just to get some ratings, but you're not think, I mean, I don't know what you think going into that, but you're doing it mainly for you. And I'm, I'm sure there's probably some, in a way you kind of were advocating for your people, whether you were intentionally doing it or not, but you were showing what you could do but also what your people can do um, just through a, a television show. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly right. I, I went on to the show to prove to myself that I can finish 21 days, but also prove that even though I do have a form of dwarfism, I do have a condition. 
I can still do shit other people do. Right. Like one of my, one of the big quotes that I've gotten a lot of um, attention for was the beginning of my episode of Naked and Afraid. Um, I said, I've seen guys twice my size not complete this challenge and I'm ready to stick it to them. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, and that, that, that's, that's like the disabled person in you, like the, that, you know, we always have, we always have to over, you know, overcome something anyway. We're constantly proving not only ourselves wrong, we're proving other people wrong, even if we don't know it. And I yep. think, I, it, I don't know how well you did on the show, and I don't even know the entire premise of it besides just trying to survive uh, and, you know, improve stuff to yourself and all that. But, you know, I'm sure it might have made the show a little easier because, again, your life was never easy anyway. Um, and again, yeah. it's, it's a different type of survival, obviously, because you do have amenities, you do have, you know, food and shelter and, and clothing, but still it has to help a little bit. Yeah. That was one of my big selling points when I went into casting, uh, for naked and afraid was that because of my dwarfism, I've had to learn how to adapt my whole life. So you stick me anywhere. I'm going to find a way to adapt and live there and survive. And um, I ended up, I survived all 21 days and I completed my challenge. Awesome. Um, and the big, yeah, and the biggest thing that I learned about my challenge, about myself, was when I first said that quote, that I'm going to stick it to the guys that are twice as big as me that didn't finish the challenge. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of my challenge, my mindset completely changed. So I went into the challenge trying to prove to others that I'm tired of being underestimated because of my height, because of my dwarfism. I'm tired of people looking down on me. Um, no pun intended. Um, right. And at the end of my challenge, on my extraction boat, my rescue boat, if you want to call it that, um, I looked in the camera and said, I am done underestimating myself, and I am done listening to what other people have to say about me. Because I just completed 21 days in the Amazon jungle. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, we all kind of yeah, have to that, hit a bottom at some point, and it doesn't always have to mean alcoholics. Or, you know, when you're about to overdose or whatever. I mean, you, sometimes you got to hit a mental bottom where you're just tired of taking people's shit. You're tired of just. Yep. And again, of course, people do it in their own way. Some people do it in a harmful way, and it, you know, really, is, it's not the greatest thing to do. But you know. There's a lot of us that just, we get tired of it. We get tired of seeing what our representation is to the public and, and tired of just being a joke to everybody. Um, yeah. You know, and again, you know, I have it a little easier than you in a way. I mean, yes, my eyes suck way worse than yours, but the reality is, like, I can hide mine a little more than you can, at least visibly. Um, you know, I can hide, you know, no pun intended to me, but visually, I, you know, I can hide <laughs> mine where you can't. Um is it hard? Yeah, I have, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say, yeah, I have people, I'll go to a restaurant and like, um, people come up to me and ask me if I'm a real adult or a full adult or something like that. Um, my cousin, the other day I was talking to him and he just got a girlfriend and she's a little person too. Um, and they were out at a restaurant and this guy literally came up and said, can you guys even, um, a- are you guys even able to get the adult menu? And, uh, my cousin was just like, yeah, we can, like, fuck off. And it's, there's no hiding what we have. And the sooner people, like, really realize that and accept that they are who they are, I had a whole new outlook on life when I did that. I am I am happy with who I am. I don't want to be tall. I don't want to be normal height. I 
my dwarfism makes me unique and it makes me worth my life and i love it that's awesome yeah i mean so the question i was going to ask you because look you really are a strong and beautiful person but you know, we all we all have our mental health. We all have things like I, I'm in my strongest days. There's no one can touch me, and and I have very thick skin and so on. But you know, we all have our moments where something gets past our armor and whatever. But as a person who is shorter, and you know, it's got to. And again, I don't know how you deal with it, but is it hard for you sometimes? It just that sometimes people don't want to take you seriously, even though you're an adult, you're a human, and you know your height is what makes, you know, people look at you like, oh, well, I'm not going to take that serious. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you're, how does your emotional set, like, because, again, like I said, we all we all have our own things that people can point out and uh, pull to the front and go, ah, oh, look, see, it's, it's eyes is what's holding them back. But with you, it's, you know, you're an adult. You're, 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 you're fully there mentally. You don't have any mental disabilities. You're just an average person who just happens to be shorter than the rest. And it's got to be hard for you to just have conversations with just people who don't know you or don't care about you. Um, and you're trying to actually have a serious conversation with them. And they're literally just looking at it like, oh, who's this little guy? Yeah, I mean, and I hate to say it, but there are, there's always going to be those people in the world that will look down on me and um, make fun of me and be rude people, you know. Right. Um, and one of the it's gonna happen um and a lot of my low points in life have been because of those situations to where i literally have just been picked on and made fun of for no absolute reason other than i look different right and it 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 does really take a mental stroll on you to where um luckily i've had my cousin he's a year older than me and he's got the same thing. So we would be able to talk to each other about like things that are happening to us and find out that it's happening to somebody else too. My cousin, it just, it made me feel better that I wasn't alone. Um, my dad has the dwarfism too. So like, I'll call my dad sometimes and just be like, Hey, like I really need to talk. Like I'm, I'm really down right now. This happened to me. Um, this guy was taking pictures behind my back. Um, and making fun of me on Facebook and I'm, I'm just mentally, I'm hurt. Um, and I would sit there and talk to him. So like the biggest, biggest way that I've gotten over this and still have lived a very happy life and a very successful life at this moment is because I've had somebody to talk to. And I think that's one of the biggest things with like mental health that people are afraid to go do is it's okay to go talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be a family member or relative or a friend, you can literally just go to a therapist and just, just somebody random and just take it all off your chest and it, it'll make you feel so much better. And that's one of the big things that I don't really think um, our society is, we're starting to now a little bit, but not um, back then. If you went to a therapist, you were crazy, you know? Right, right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I look at it the same way I look at like with me, like I, I you know, kind of took on this stupid mantra of, you know, the people who see the most people, uh, people who see the most usually see the least and, and vice versa. And I think I look at it way in your case where it's like a lot of times, you know, weirdly enough, you have to be the bigger person. Um, a lot yeah. of people, you know, they, they think very small. Um, they don't, you know, they just have a small mindset. Whereas you, you have to be a big person every day. 
You have to keep yourself in check. You have to just, you know, you, you have to live in this big world as a small person and you overcome way more than the average person by far. And, you know, being strong, you know, that's the biggest thing you can do is just show strength. And a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people, you know, again, you did a show where most people could never do survive. Even if you could say, well, it's for a week, it doesn't matter. You take the internet away from most people nowadays, they can't survive. I mean, they could survive, yeah. but they can't. Like, survive, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's sad. And you you did it without clothing and food and, and, and all that. And um, so, yeah, like I said, that that's what makes people with disabilities so special is that a lot of the things that on the surface is what people point out. It's like, I can't see and you're small. But it's like, yeah, but again, I can see more than most people, just not physically. Right. But I don't – I'm not biased by politicians or – you know, or whatever. I look into what I read. I, I'm looking for what is best for me and what's best for everyone else. And, and you know, if I don't want to vote, I'm not going to vote for someone I don't like. Or I'm not going to just follow some stupid, you know, religion or something just because other people are doing it. I'm not going to get peer pressured into something. Um, I, I don't have any biases. I can like an artist and still, still say, oh, that last album was shitty. Um you know, yeah, I, I just don't, you know, so I can see and I have empathy. I can see when people are hurting. I can, you know, I can care for that. Whereas a lot of people, they don't, they don't, they don't care. They just see whatever they're told. And like I said, in your case, like I said, you're a small person, but you, you have everything about you makes you big. You know, you have a big heart and you, you have a lot of strength and, you know, courage. Because again, a lot of people being a dwarf and getting on national television and trying and you know, on a major network, major show and being naked on television, regardless if they want to show your parts or not, you're still naked and you're in the wilderness and there's bugs and, and you know, animals everywhere. Oh, yeah. And you got, you're doing everything that shows that you're a big person. Uh, and I hope that doesn't sound demeaning because it sounds weird to say, hey, you're a big no. person. But, um, <laughs> no, you're good, man. <laughs> yeah. is, there, like, is there a real proper term for you guys? Because, like, the reality of it is, like, I know midget is bad. But it almost seems like dwarf and little person is also demeaning in a way because it, there's no like, like, because you can say someone's blind or someone's deaf and it's like, okay, that's the condition. And I get it, dwarfism is a condition, but it's like when you, when you see dwarf, you just think of like, uh, you know, again, you just think of these just like little people running around in the, what's that, uh, candy, uh, the little, little, little. No boy. Uh, the, you know, no way. the it's chocolate the factory. Yeah. yeah, the, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the little whatever yeah, those things Loompa. are called, lupas. Yeah, the umpa lumpa. Like you think of stuff like that, and you don't. You you always get like I always get a bad taste in my mouth where it's like, even when like when people would say like obviously like the term mentally retardation was what the medical term was, and obviously retard was bad, but then they came up with like mentally challenged, and it's like it's almost pointing out the fact that like yes, like it just sounded bad rolling off the tongue, whereas like even the same with you guys where it's like okay they're they're short people they're little people and again. I get it. It's hard to kind of, I don't know. Is there, is there a real good term? Obviously then other than just calling you by your actual name, but I don't know. Is there, is there something good to call the, the little people community? So I think it honestly is a personal ch choice. Um, I hate the term midget. Um, and that's because the word is literally, was created to make fun of people with dwarfism. Um, if you look up like the history of the word midget, it actually goes all the way back to the medieval times to where um, 
they would bring in a little person and make him a jester and just throw things at him, laugh at him, make him dance and stuff like that. And they would call him a midget. And that's where the word deprived from. So when I hear the word midget, I think they're honestly making fun of me. Right. And um, it's not it's not an okay term to be said around me. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't know that. Um, they think that word's okay to say because there's not a lot of people that advocate saying that that is a bad word. Um, yeah, because there's some for, that actually accept it. I mean, in, in yeah, your, in your there community. Are. So, I mean, like, Brad Williams says it in his comedy stand-up all the time, and I think it's funny. Right. You know, but that's the thing is he's making fun of himself by saying it. Somebody's not making fun of him and saying it. Right. You know, it's okay to make fun of yourself and laugh at yourself and say this kind of stuff, but at the same time, if I had a random person come up to me and go, hey, are you a midget? Yeah, that's going to irritate me and piss me off. Right. Um, kind of so confuses the with, argument, yeah. Yeah, and so with terms, um, I know a lot of people in the dwarf community are okay with saying little person or um, dwarf. I think the word dwarf is hilarious. Um, <laughs> can, and yeah. yeah, I think it's hilarious. And I and scientifically, I have a form of dwarfism. So that is technically the proper term is I have a form of dwarfism. I am technically a dwarf. Right. And so... I'm okay with that word. Um, little person, uh, you know, like I, I don't really like being called little either, but I'm more okay with that than the word midget, you know? Right. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like I said, w we live in this weird time now where everything is so politically correct, and it's like, of course, you know, within hip-hop, you know, nigga is thrown around, so, like, it's like, well, no, white people can't say it, or Asians can't say it, but some of them can say it. And then it's like, then gay people start going, well... We now call each other faggots, but you can't call us that. And then, of course, you got some little people doing yeah. the same thing. And it's like, it really kind of convolutes the whole thing because it's like, you know, in, in, in your case, you know, there's not a lot of you. So we already have very little information as it is. And then when some of them are thrown around the way, and again, I, I don't, I'm not in this politically correct world. Obviously, I didn't just say N word and F word and all that just because I'm using it in the context. Right. But, you know, people get mad regardless of what you do anymore. So it doesn't matter. But, um, <laughs> you know, it is. But, like, but so. You know, it, like I said, it, it kind of messes up because there's so little, of it, so few of you guys that if someone hears another person, another little person saying midget, it's like, oh, okay, it's okay now. They think it's socially acceptable, yeah. Yeah, my grandma said that because I said I was going to interview, you know, I was telling her about your story and, and I don't know, I heard her telling them, she's like, oh, yeah, he's going to interview this midget. I'm like, grandma, stop. That's not, that's not <laughs> what this is. And I love my grandma, but she's very, she's 89 years old and, you know, yeah. back in her time, everything was acceptable to say, so. Um, but yeah. And so it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, and I've, I've changed, you know, I, I try not to go down that road with a lot of the words, you know, I have friends that are all different, you know, multicultural and so on. And we goof around with each other and whatever. But, uh, some of the words just, you know, it's just like, yeah, we kind of probably should just bury them. Uh, like for me, the one, I, I just don't say retard anymore. And one, because I'm a disabled advocate, disability advocate. And two, there are a group of people that can't defend themselves, whereas, you know, at least the black yep. community can defend themselves, the gay community, even your community can defend themselves. You know, when you when you have a mental disability, yeah. other people usually have to fight for you, and it's not fair. Um, so it's because, you know, we would joke around with our friends and go, hey, stop being a retard. And then I, I, the, the more, the older I got, the more it was just like, even though it's still in context of just goofing around, I'm just like, yeah, it just feels wrong because... Uh, it, it's still feels derogatory yeah and even though that person's not 
special needs. And I, you know, I would never say that to one of them. It's just, it just felt wrong. But like I said, they, they have no w- way to defend themselves. Um, and so it's just, it just felt, you know, yucky, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's good that you clear that up. Cause like I said, I, you know, I, I obviously have heard many times that midget was wrong and I never, I, you know, at that point just stopped saying it, but, um, there is this weird kind of back and forth, which is a lot of people that still say it that are, are little people yeah. and they, they don't care. They're unapologetic about it. It's like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a midget. So what? Yeah. And I mean, there's even youth classes that are like, what, like bantam and then midget and then youth or something like that. Okay. So like the word, yeah, it's and like sporting events and that kind of stuff, like your age group. Um, there's one called midget. I can't remember what sport or whatever it is, but, um, like the word, the word is always going to be around and it, it comes more to a point of how you react to it and how you deal with the situation more than what the word really is. So like words, words are powerful. So if like somebody came up to me on the street and called me and was like, Hey, are you a midget? Obviously it's going to piss me off, but I'm not going to show anger. Because that's showing him that that word irritates me. So, like, one way I do it is, is like, technically, yes, I do. I, I am a midget, but that word is not okay to say. Um, I actually have a form of door, dwarfism, and that's a more scientifically proven word to say. And if you were to approach me and ask me if I have a form of dwarfism, that sounds a lot more curious than just a rude comment of, like, are you a midget? Right. It starts conversation. And you're right. you're beating them down with you know with logic and, and intelligence, um, whereas you know, because there's there's a lot of stereotypes in every community, and it's like even like with the black community, it's like okay, if a white person goes to call you that, it's like, yeah, it's wrong of them to say that to you, but when you act that way, they automatically call you a monkey and a savage. So if you go and act the way they already assume you're going to act, and instead of breaking them down like you did with intelligence, and then look, there's plenty of black people that actually do that. But if you just react and punch them in the face, even if they deserve it, you're kind of proving them right in their own, at least in their own minds anyway. Um, and it, 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 you know, it, it doesn't help your argument. And it's like, you can be, no, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Like you could be that, a great that, person regardless like, of what you look like. That's one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn. Um, there was one moment with my dad that I will always remember when I was going to middle school and high school and I was getting bullied nonstop. I went up to him one night and said, Dad, I'm getting into a fight tomorrow. I've got this one guy. He's been picking on me a lot. He's been bullying me. And I'm going to I'm gonna punch him in the face. I'm going to start a fight tomorrow just to prove my point and get some respect. And the thing that my dad said, and I will remember this for the rest of my life, it was one of the most tough love things that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. But it was correct. And I hate that it was correct. He says, what's that going to prove? And I said, I'm going to get respect out of it. And he said, in all honesty, Alex, get used to people doing that to you. And that made me take a step back. Like, that's not okay for people to do. And there's nothing being done about it. Right. But it's not going to go away. And when him, him telling me that and saying that to me, it made me think, of better ways to react to situations than just being angry and trying to start a fight and prove my point with this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like we have, you know, obviously mental health, but having a disability and people constantly saying things and 
a lot of anger and resentment just builds up. And so you want, Oh yeah. And this is why I like, I, I hate when people write people off because of, of certain things have been written about them or some things they've said, because I, you know, I can empathize with a school shooter. I've said this many times. It doesn't, I, you know, I was actually accused of, Oh, I could have been one. You know, that's why certain people didn't mess with me in school. It's like, Oh, you're the crazy white kid that probably could have shot up the school because I had so much anger and because no one wanted to go to the prom with me and people tease me and so on and so on. And I just didn't have any access to guns at the time. And I didn't, I really had compassion and love for humans that I probably would have never done it. But the anger was there. The rage was there. Um, Oh yeah. And so that's, that's why it's, you know, I guess that's why mental health means so much to me because, you know, again, even though in your case, you just wanted to start a fight, but who knows where that could have went. And, um, and, and just, and just like I said, one incident could, you know, a whole Rolodex of multiple other incidents could have happened. Um, you never know how one little thing in your life can change the rest of your life. Um, yeah. I mean, I would have been suspended from school right off the bat. Right. So, like, yeah. there's that I would have missed. I was a wrestler in high school, um, and that would have – I would have been taken out of a meet. I could have potentially been kicked off the team. Like, there was a lot more consequences coming from me trying to start a fight than there would have been if I just either ignored them or just be like, hey, you really need to stop. Right. And just like said something, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, what what is, what is your like dating life been like? Because I know uh, something we talked about earlier is that, you know, a lot of times, especially if it's people on my side of the field, you know, full size people, whatever the hell you call us, um, you know, we usually the people that you should date, you know, that you are attracted to or the people that end up dating you are people that either look like you or people who fetishize you, at least in, in, in your instance. Um, and again, there's some really nice people that will find you attractive regardless and they should. Um, but yeah, so what, what is your like dating life? Like your experience has been just being as a, as someone with dwarfism. Um, it's, it's definitely not easy. Um, obviously a lot of, girls uh i look for the tall dark and handsome prince you know right um which i'm not tall so i have that against me but um right it doesn't my dating life hasn't really been that affected by my dwarfism for me at least so like obviously in my head sometimes i'm like oh she doesn't want to date me because i'm a dwarf um but looking back on my past relationships, um, I've had plenty of girlfriends to where they looked past my dwarfism and saw my personality and who I was and loved being around me for that. And so it's hard to find those kind of girls that really do that, but um, they are out there and I I haven't really had any problem with dating people. That's cool. Um, yeah, so, and a lot of people with dwarfism will end up dating somebody else with dwarfism. Like, my cousin is dating another, is dating a girl right now with uh, dwarfism, and um, they're happy as hell. They're so happy to be with each other. Like, they get each other's struggles they've been through with dwarfism and everything, and I think that's one of the big reasons why a lot of dwarfs date dwarfs is because we've all kind of been through the same stuff, and we can push aside all the bullshit we went through being a dwarf because we've already all been there, you know? Right. So, well, there's always, yeah, be- I, I, yeah, go buddy. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, because it's always been this like joking stereotype, like when black people bump into each other, they're always happy to see another one, even though there's plenty of black people in the world and in this country. Whereas, you know, I remember hearing some, my, my friend worked at Toys R Us and he said there was a dwarf that worked there and he just went around town like, oh yeah, look, there's a dwarf and like, there's one of them. But like, yeah. I couldn't tell you if there was a second one here because I've never seen a second person with dwarfism around here or a second little person. And um, and then that's why another thing why it's got to get hard because like I said, there is so few of you. And again, I mean, it's probably better to live in major cities and where there's more people. But um, yeah, if you, maybe if you have a low self-esteem and you only feel like you can only attract, uh, you know, people with dwarfism, then it's got to be much harder because again, dating is shallow in general. Um, and so, yeah, and if, you, if you're not trying to attract full-size women, it's going to be even harder because, like I said, there's some of these towns where there's maybe one of you. So to find right. a second one, um, yeah, I, 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 would, I don't know. Again, maybe, maybe I'm making this up in my head, but maybe I – do you feel like it would be harder in this case for a man with dwarfism to, to date outside of – I don't even know how you say it – outside of size, like, um, than, than a woman? Because, you know, women – you know, dating life is easier for women anyway. Um, but – Right. You know, again, like you said, tall, dark, and handsome. Well, at the end of the day, guys will sleep with big girls or sleep with short girls or tall girls or whatever. Uh, the only time their manhood gets in check is when it comes to, like, financial status or, or whatever. The woman's a little more vocal and stronger. You know, like maybe she's, he's dating a UFC fighter or something, and then he get, his manhood kicks in. But overall, at the end of the day, a man kind of he – can, he can break down his morals and he'll sleep with anything. Not every man, but some – um, but whereas women, you know, women have that as well, but it's, it's a lot lesser. Women tend to, uh, find certain things in men, like you said, tall, dark, and handsome. And if you don't have those, um, usually when they start to settle, it's like, oh, because they've been treated like shit so many times by so many of those guys that they thought were attractive. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm babbling. So do, do you feel like it, dating is harder for a man with dwarfism than woman as far as to date outside your size? I, I, I honestly don't know how to answer that because I am just one time a male. I'm a straight male, right? Fair so enough. I can only really say what I've been through. Um, I don't really know on the side of the female side if it's harder to date, and I don't necessarily want to sit here and speculate and be like completely wrong or anything. Um, so, with my experience and being a straight male with dwarfism, um, it's it's not easy, but it's not hard. So, and what, what I mean by that is like the whole accepting yourself and who you are is what I think is attractive to people. So when I go to like charity events and, you know, I'm the only little person there um, and I'm having a blast, like, you know, I, I am who I am. I, I've dealt with it my whole life and I love myself. Um, and I think that really brings out my personality and really shows to other people that I don't give a shit about my height. I don't give, I don't, I don't care that I have a form of dwarfism. I'm here to live life and enjoy life. Right. And I think that's what brings out the confidence and the attractiveness to have girls, um, look at me differently than just my height. Right. Yeah, you kind of take the elephant out of the room and just say like, hey, okay, little person walking through, here I am, 
Uh, now let's get, yeah. let's get to business. And yeah, yeah, let's go have a beer and have fun or something. You know, like it's, yeah, I've got. I mean, I've got like this one girl that I've been talking to for a little bit now, and um, she's a normal person. And obviously, I'm a dwarf, and you know, we have really good personalities to where we crack up at like most stuff that we say to each other. And, um, we're not a thing or anything. We're just kind of like Snapchatting back and forth. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's fun to have that connection with somebody to where it doesn't give a shit what you look like. Let's, let's have fun and joke with each other and just have conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I guess that's the only reason why I started this beyond just telling my story and everything is just, having real conversation because these conversations don't ever really get out there. You know, a lot of times it's maybe, yeah. maybe people who look like me talking about you to people who look like me or people who look like you talking about people who look like you to people who look like you. Whereas we're not having the opposite, you know, you know, when we're talking about, uh, you know, whatever relationships and sex, a lot of times it's not men talking to women. It's men talking to men and women to talking to women. It's, we're not, you know, yeah. racial discussions. It's not white and black people discussing it to each other. And if it is, it's always heated arguments and no one's listening to each other. It's never, you're not having positive conversations. Um, and you're not, you're not making any difference and you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not digging in and actually trying to see where the other side comes from. Um, and I think, I mean, like yeah. I said, yeah, like I said, I, people get written I, off so easily. Yeah. And I've, I've listened to your podcast several episodes now and i absolutely love what you're doing man like this is definitely a way to get other people's stories out it's 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 a way to see the other side you know yeah and i i absolutely i love your podcast i'm definitely a subscriber (laughs) i appreciate it brother i do um again like i said it's i don't think people understand like obviously a lot of things that we go through but even with me like and i don't mean this in any kind of you know not trying to be a dick but I've said this multiple times. I don't have to come on here and talk to people with dwarfism. I don't talk to people about racial issues or, you know, whatever. Like I have a cop talk coming on soon where we talk about racial relations. He's also a black officer. I don't have to talk about that. I don't, I could just literally get on here and talk about myself, which would be gross, but I could literally do that. Or I could only, which is, I think what a lot of us do uh, in the disabled community is we only talk about our disability. We don't ever bring the others in. We don't try to sympathize, uh, empathize and try to figure out what they go through and figure out how we can come together to make real difference and change. We just go, well, I'm blind. How can we fix things for the blind people or the deaf or whoever? And that's, right. that's what really is bringing us down the most. That's why, you know, even when I watched that documentary Crip Camp, there was people with dwarfism in there. There's people in wheelchairs. There was blind people. There was every disability in there fighting for us so we could get the ADA passed and so we can get all these laws and so we could go to real schools and, and all this shit. And the only way that could happen is if people actually came together. And again, like I said, I do this podcast and it morphed into what it is now, but I've always wanted to bring people together. And I didn't know it was through the disabled community because I never looked at it as on a broad scale. I just was like, well, I'm disabled and I'm lonely and no one's like me. And then you find out there's a shitload of people like you and even if they don't have the same problem as you, they're a lot like you. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter what's between your legs. It doesn't matter how tall you are. That shit doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I'm not trying to be, you know, some Martin Luther King or some hokey, you know, nonsense. The reality of it is, like, a lot of us have so many similarities. It's just we point out the most obvious shit to make us different. And it's like, no, man, like, fuck cares. Like, yeah, you're, you know. 
whatever. That's, yeah, and and I agree with a lot of that. Like the way that our society is, is I, I don't understand where our society went from accepting people for who they are to you look different. I'm going to make fun of you. Like I don't understand that. And so our society needs to start realizing that it's okay for people to be who they are. And even if you don't disagree with them, doesn't mean, or even if you disagree with them, that doesn't give you the right to go over there and tell them that you disagree with them. Right. You know, like it's just, I don't, I, I wish people would just leave people alone. <laughs> yeah. But we're also like, we, just people are so fragile and so easily manipulated too, because, you know, and I, yeah. I think I talked about this on a previous episode, but well, the ha- well, it will be out when I put this out, but I haven't put it out actually. Um, but is that like, I'm seeing a lot of people on like these on social media and they're fighting for, you know, inclusion of the disabled community itself. Like we want black people, we want women included in uh, just, you know, whatever, if there's a poster, we want black women on the poster for people with disabilities. It's like, look, I love the sentiment. I love that you want to be included. But the reality is the disabled community is included in shit anyway. And so if you spread us thinner than we already are, we already break it down to blind, deaf, amputees, and so on and so on, little people and all that shit. We're already thin as it is. So now if you break it down to color and you break it down to gender and you break it down to all these different things, we don't have a fucking chance to make a difference because we're so yep. looking out for our own people that look like us down to the smallest molecule. And it's like, dude, how can we make any well, real change? And that's the, that's the crap that I don't understand is why are we even doing that? Like, why does it matter what color your skin is? Why does it matter what gender you are? Like you have a form of dwarfism and I want to help you. Like I want to be there and talk with you because I have the same thing. Right. Yeah. And again, like, I, th- I think part of it is just because causes for women or for black people are more prominent and people care more about that. And fighting for people with disabilities is not easy because you're, gonna, you're, you're having a tough battle. Because, look, most of the people that listen to me are probably not disabled. It is hard as hell to reach our community. It is, it's ridiculous. I, I'm, I am not going to give up, but it is frustrating every day when I try to reach out and just try to get all new. Like, when I find great guests like you... It's amazing, but how many people are like you exist, not even just as a dwarf, just someone with a disability who cares enough and wants to, you know, push the envelope and actually make change and, and, you know, you know, unity and all the words that we overuse and oversaturate and they don't really mean anything anymore, but they really do when they're used like love. Love is a word that basically is destroyed because, you know, we're, we're under 50% of people staying together in marriage, but there are people who genuinely do love each other. You know, like I have a lot of love for you and I don't even know you that well because of what you overcome and what you do. And, you know, I can have a lot of respect and love for what you do. And it's, it, you know, that, that that's true feelings, but we throw around love and, and even shitty words like racist. And we just throw any word around nowadays and they don't, the meaning doesn't really stick. And so, yeah, you know, so bring it back to, like I said, there's nothing wrong with fighting for, for causes for black people, for women, for, for transgenders, for whoever. But when you, when you break it down and you're not like saying like, Hey, yes, I want to fight for transgenders and women and all that. But I also want to fight for people with disabilities. I want to bring them all into one because look, the disabled community bleeds into every other community. It's a fact like homeless community. We bleed into white community, black community, 
you know, the rich, the poor, we breed, we, we we're in every community. It doesn't matter. And so it's like, why can't we just bring like, again, who gives a shit about your color? People already look at us because of what we lack um, or what we have or don't have. And it's like, so then let's just look again. Color doesn't matter in our disability. Like, you know, regardless if you believe in God or evolution or whatever the hell you believe or don't believe in, we have all been created differently and life likes to yeah. point it out. And so fuck it. Like, who cares if, if black people or white people or what, what they're doing? Because black and white people both are disabled or they're people with disabilities. There's black and white people that are both short or tall, fat, skinny, so on and so on. So why are we why are we so divided? Why are we constantly looking at the media and all this shit and worrying about what other people are doing when it's just like, look, they don't want us together. It's clear because if we if we want to change things, like I've said many times, two million kids go missing a year. What we're distracted by dumb shit. Because now we're talking about, oh, we have to start wearing masks indoors again, like even in your own house. And again, I'm not I'm not anti any of this shit. But the reality is like we're we're so distracted by one little cold. And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't care about it, but we're so distracted by that that kids are being scooped out of their houses every day and no one gives a shit. You know, people with disabilities are constantly being abused and, you know, assaulted. You know, racism still exists, sexism still, all this shit still happens. But unless it's like pointed out, like unless something like some kind of viral video comes out, no one cares. Like Asian, that whole Asian hate thing is ridiculous because I've, I've lived in Philly for 22 years of my life and I saw Asian people being killed and beaten a long time ago, but no one gave a shit. Now people give a shit because a video went out and it's like, oh, and well now Asians are being abused. No, Asians were being abused back when World War II when we made them, you know, build our, our railways because they bombed us at one point. It's, you know, we've been abusing everyone. This country has been abusing whatever minority you want to point out. So it's kind of, yeah. it's, that's why it's so frustrating how divided we really are. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get why our society keeps dividing stuff. I just, I just don't get it. I, we're all here to live our lives and we all live in the same world. And I don't understand why we all just can't accept each other for who we are. And just yeah, but leave again, it at that, you know, but it comes down to people like you and I, people who have seen like the worst in people, you know, we, we've been yeah. the butt of people's jokes. We've, you know, we've been the ones that people look at and go, Oh, aha, look. And, you know, and again, we've also seen the good in people. There's a lot of people that don't care. There's a lot of people that really do great things for people like us. You know, there's a lot of technology that is built for people with visually impaired and blind blindness, and they're not like us. They they help. They use us to help them to make the technology because they want to know where we're coming from. But there's a lot of people like Apple, for instance. Again, Apple does a lot of shitty things, and I'm not defending Apple just because I have Apple products. But what Apple has done for the blind and the deaf community is amazing. They don't have to give a shit about us. They just don't. But I'm I can't yeah. see my phone unless I can zoom in, and or my computer, and you know again there's things that people are putting out there for us that are it's amazing and there's like you know one of the things I wanted to highlight in this second year is just highlighting the caregivers and the moms and the dads and the people that are really looking out for us because they don't get enough shine because it's when people do look at us whether it's a freak show or it's oh wow look how amazing that is you know, they don't think they don't look at the people that are most affected by us um, and the ones that care for us and, and, and have gotten us through a, through all the hard times and the people have supported us when we didn't support ourselves. Um, 
And so, like I said, I think a lot of times we also tend to get stuck in the battle against, you know, normal people or, you know, able bodies or sighted people or all the words that we throw at them from our different angles and point of views. Um, we tend to kind of get lost in the fact that it's our battle isn't with people who are able bodies. It's just the people who make the rules that make it hard for us. They just so happily are able bodies. Yeah. Just like a lot of the rules that are made in this country that, you know, restrict other people of different cultures. So happily, a lot of times end up being white, but white people didn't invent slavery. That shit happened way back in the Roman times. Like it, it, again, I'm not excusing it. It's just the reality is we can constantly are looking for reasons to divide us and it's a human thing. It's not, it's not a color thing. It's not a size thing. It's not a gender. It's none of that shit. It's people, you know, Hitler could have been a good person, but he wasn't. All it comes down to is hurt, you know, circumstances. Life changes you one way or another. And some people go the bad way. Some way, some people go the good way. It's just, you know, again, like I said, there's a lot of people who are like you that aren't as positive and, um, you know, they're not forthcoming about their condition and, and, and proud to be who they are because, you, you know, you hear a lot of that in the disabled community, people who are proud to be disabled, but those are the people that are at the forefront, the people that are, that really do mean that shit. But there's a lot of people that are insecure. And again, like back to the sexualization. Oh yeah. Like they're not, in, they're not yeah, insecure like I, about it. Yeah. Like I said, it took me forever to actually accept who I am and live a happy life. So do you it, know what your moment was? That, that kind I don't of, have a specific time. Um, and I, I, I do think that Naked and Afraid really brought more of my self-awareness out than I even knew that I could reach. So I would say probably 2019, at the age of 26, was probably when I really just started accepting myself. And that was right after I got done with 21 Days in the Amazon Jungle. That's gotta be just you know like you know we can wrap up here shortly, but like what 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 what's that experience like? Just I mean it's gotta be a very surreal thing. But when you first got there, did you like did you think you could actually even make it? Like did you feel like you made the right choice of just by doing this? I always so I I'm a very cocky person sometimes, okay. and I always knew that I could make it. Like I was like I'm gonna go on this, I'm gonna rock this challenge, and I'm it's gonna be great. Um, and unfortunately I went in there with that mentality that I can do this, I can do this and not we. So I, me and my partner class heads a lot just because my mentality wasn't in the right spot to be working with a partner. And that's one of the biggest things I regret from that challenge was I wanted to do this and not, we needed to do this. Um, but we ended up coming to an understanding one night about each other because she went, through a lot in her life too um she's an abled body person like fine but she didn't have like the best growing up um and so there was a lot of similarities here and there that we could we just sat there one night and just talked about that and really realized that we both been through some shit and we get we can do this together and we started really working well together um, and unfortunately she ended up getting medically evac. Um, and I ended up doing about a week by myself out there, but wow. I think that week, but yeah, I think that week by myself was when I really started realizing that, um, 
I am who I am and I don't need to sit here and listen to what other people think of me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm sure that was another defining moment in your life of, you know, I mean, like you said you were kind of cocky and, you know, you were strong as it was, but sure. I mean, Oh, that jungle, that jungle humbled the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh, I'm sure. Yeah. But you, you proved it to yourself because I'm sure if you would have failed, no one would have been harder on you than you. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that 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 that's kind of always been my argument for people like us, where it's like, look, just give us a chance. Stop putting more limitations that we already have, because a lot of times we mentally handicap ourselves anyway, because we're constantly yep. thinking like we can't do these things because of all the hurdles and you know, not everything is always hard yep. for us. We can't just we put ourselves out to the world like, you know, I, I get on here talking about my mental health and all this shit, and and I you know, constantly try to find great people and all that, but you're going to get a lot of rejection. You're going to get a lot of no's, man. You're going to get a lot of people not accepting you for who you are and, and not even just, not even just the people you expect, even the people that look like you. Um, and so, yeah. So when you get on there and you do something that's so hard and you know, it's gotta be uh yeah, it's gotta be very humbling at the end where it's like, shit, I succeeded at this and, this could have went many different ways. I could have run this through 10 different times and this might've been the best outcome. Yeah. 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 Um, No, no. uh, I was going to ask you, um, was there any other misconceptions about little people or dwarf dwarfism that besides just the height part that we talked in the beginning, um, just any misconceptions that you think that people just completely are absolutely, you know, idiotic about. Um, probably just the fact that people really don't know what dwarfism really is. They just think we're short. Right. Um, and going back to the skeletal dysplasia that I actually have that gives me my dwarfism, um, a lot of people don't know what dwarfs really go through, like with the pain of the arthritis that I have, that my dad has, and the you know, dealing with um, having to get joints replaced. And um, I have a very, very mild case of dwarfism. So I was very lucky, but I have seen some other little people that they're, they're in and out of doctors nonstop just trying to deal with the skeletal, the skeletal dysplasia that they have. Right. Yeah, and that, that's like, you know, that's something you have to get across. That You know, like I said, there's so many different variants of it. Like I said, it was a 300, and, you know, everybody suffers from it differently. And yeah, I'm sure some people yeah, hear your story. Dwarfism isn't just short. Right. I'm sure some people hear your story. It's like, well, he has it easy. Somebody with dwarfism, I mean, because it's like, well, I have this, and I'm in a wheelchair. I'm, you know, it's like, yeah, like, you know, again, I've, I've said it many times. I could be blind, so it's not we're not, you know, we're showing you a good or, you know, a better outcome of what dwarfism could be, but there's always worse. And that goes for anybody. Like, you know, certain disabilities are worse than others. It's just, we can't break it down that way because then that's how you divide it even more. But, you know, yeah, there's people with dwarfism that have it way harder than you. Um, yeah. And that's, but again, you have to speak for everybody. You know, you have to speak for all people yeah. with dwarfism. You know, again, I try to speak for all people with disabilities. Like I don't, I don't want to just speak for the blind or I don't want to just speak for, you know, even just the, the, you know, the mental handicap or all these different, like, you know, I'm not just talking about for uh, depression and all like, yeah, mental health plagues us all, but 
you know, that's just one avenue of it. We got to talk about all people with disabilities because regardless of we have a lot of differences, which we do, and that's kind of the ultimate goal is to get us all together because we're so equated with the guy in the wheelchair logo when more than half of us aren't even in wheelchairs. A lot of us will never even see a wheelchair unless it's just because of just old age. And again, I hope not. I hope most people don't. But the reality is none of us, a good amount of us are not even in wheelchairs and we are equated with that logo. So it's like, well, why don't we just do what they want us to do and just we'll show that we're, we'll we'll all come together, but we're not going to show that we're alike. I mean, in some ways we will shine in that way, but we're going to show how different we are in the end. It's just, you know, the only way to prove it is to actually come together and support each other and actually, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter what you look like because people already think we're, you know, people think we're weird or whatever. Again, a lot of people, I think every person with a disability has been, that I've come across that has been equated with someone who is slow, regardless of how intelligent they are. Um, you know, I've said yeah. many times in my cases, because if I look close to a phone, to see something, it's like, oh, he's slow because he's got to look close. And it's like, not really. It's just, that's just what you think because you're insecure. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say to you? Uh, kind of wrapping up here. Uh, do you do you have any kind of, like, I always like to let people, like, give a little advice to anybody that's like them. Like, do you have any advice for, like, people who are, you know, a younger, a younger Alex is struggling with, you know, their dwarfism and they're now you know, coherent enough to realize, okay, they're a dwarf, they're in a big world as a little person, and they're, um, you know, they're struggling, whether it's their mental health or just just struggling in life. Um, I think the biggest advice I would have is to talk to somebody. And I'm always, whoever's listening to this, I am always one of those people you can reach out to, and I will have a a talk with you. Um, I'm always there for anybody that needs it. But that was the biggest thing for me growing up and dealing with what I have um, was just to talk to somebody and get everything, all my aggression and all my frustration off my chest. And there it is. You know, journaling is a real good way to do it. I'm not a big journaler, but um, it's, it's a way that some people really do can kind of just get the frustration and dealing with society um, off their chest. Right. No, absolutely. Um, is, is there anything else you want to say? Just, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't, not that I had a lot of questions. I didn't have any questions written down really, but um, like I said, I really enjoyed you, man. You're an amazing dude and happy you actually did this. Um, Obviously, I'm happy that Barbie introduced us, and like I said, I hope we can be friends outside this place, out this little bubble we're in right now. Um, but yeah, is there, like I said, is there anything else you, any information, anything? Like I said, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about dwarfism myself. I'm learning on the fly, and um, you know, I'm all about educating people and, and you know, kind of like what you go through because, like I said, I know you, I knew your life was never easy, but I, I didn't know how hard because, like I said, um. I have enough problems myself and I can't always just try to figure out whatever the people are going through. So I figured, Hey, have someone on who can share their story and, you know, enlighten people. Yeah. I mean, I don't, oh, we, we've said a lot in this hour and a half we've been on and I love it. Um, so I don't really have much more to say. Um, the only thing that I, I would like to say is to 
stop judging somebody for how they look and just accept for who they are because you don't know what they're struggling with. You know, like I just wish our society would do that. Right on. Yeah. Like I said, and you just never know what people are, what they have to offer. I mean, a lot of people are so shallow to, yep. you know, what, you know, like you even just said tall, dark and handsome. It's okay. He's not tall, but it's like, again, I've always said like in relationships, like, Write down the 10 things that are most important to you in a man or a woman and figure out what you want from them. And if they have seven of those things, they may be a keeper. Now, again, if one of those things is disloyalty, okay, there's, there's a, there should be like a category of the things that matter the most to you. And if loyalty is and honesty are two of the most, you know, the highest on the, on your list and they have, you know, they don't have those or they're missing one of them. Okay. They're probably not a good fit. But if two of the things on there is all oh, they have big genitals and, white teeth and money and you know, three of those things. Um, but they have the other seven. You might've found a good match. It's just, you got to stop being so shallow and, and realize there are people that bring things to the table. It's just what your perception of again, tall or, or uh, courageous or whatever, whatever your perception is on how people get things done. Uh, and how they function in life. Just because it's not your reality doesn't mean they can't do it. Uh, and that's the limitation part. Like Just because you're short doesn't mean you can't reach things. You just find a way to do it. Right. Just because, you know, whatever. Just because I can't see certain things doesn't mean I can't find a way to see it. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, like I said, brother, I appreciate you. I really do. I'm, I'm glad we can become friends and um, – like I said, we'll definitely keep in touch and, you know, support whatever you're doing. And, and when this episode comes out, I've also, obviously I will let you know. And if there's anything, is there anything you want to promote? I didn't even ask. Um, not really. If people are interested in watching my reality shows, um, I was on the amazing race season 27 with my cousin who also has the same form of dwarfism. Um, my naked and afraid episode was season 11 episode two um it's called little person big challenge and then i was on naked afraid of sharks 2020 so i think that's season 11 last episode too but before you like is it literally the same thing just sharks (laughs) like i don't what's the difference (laughs) yeah i was on shark week i was on shark Ah, week with so it was it was a special edition naked afraid um, episode and uh, we had to battle we had to survive but the only way we could survive was through the ocean and shark infested waters and there were times to where there were sharks less than a foot away from me so it's definitely interesting to watch oh, I bet yeah I, I started to watch a little bit of the, the Naked and Afraid episode I'm going to finish it um, but you don't have a website or anything Nope, I just got my social media. Um, my Instagram is Alex T Menard. That's M M A N A R D. My last name, um, and then yeah, I'm just on Facebook as Alex Menard. Yeah, well, like I said, if there's anything you need to promote or whatever, we'll do it. But it, just in general, if you get you got anything going on, let me know. I'll definitely support you. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll right. we'll talk soon. I appreciate that, brother. It was great talking with you today. Yeah, same here. And thanks. I know you had to drive out of your way to do this interview, so I appreciate that too. Oh yeah, of course, man. I was excited to do this one. I'm glad. Uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll talk soon, and uh, we'll we'll talk about you know non disability shit <laughs> the next time around. Cool, cool. All right, brother. <laughs> I like. It. See you, man. See you, man.
All right, guys, that was really cool. Um, as you know, I am not a very politically correct person, and I know he's not really either. He's a really good guy. He's very open-minded. Um, but it really is hard to not, like, say things that aren't, like, punny and not, like, not just, like, even, like, when I said something, like, something about shortcomings. Like, I wasn't doing that to be a dick. It's just, just one of, it's, like, it's, it's so fucking, it's, it's just this world that we live in that I have to constantly worry about what I say. And I really usually don't, but it's just like, you know, I do care about him and he's a great guy. I I know he will take it the right way. It's just, I'm so used to this sensitive pussy world we live in. And, uh, and again, I also want him to know I I genuinely care about him and I I care about his story without just, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people that just perceive him a certain way and just will, you know, constantly make him feel, um, you know, a certain way. Anyway, My buddy Bullet. You want to say hi, Bullet? You want to purr or something? All right. You see? You got on an episode. It's been a minute, I think, huh? Well, you also yelled in the background, I think, uh, previous episode and in this one. Um, He's a good boy. He's laying here all curled up in a ball next to me, beating me with his tail. And, uh, yeah, so, but he's a good boy. He's, uh, I wish he was my co-host, but he doesn't really want to participate that much. He just he just wants to be cute. And he's very, very good at it. Someone should pay him for just being so damn cute. Huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, guys, again, appreciate the support. Please like, comment, subscribe. Um, one of the things I should kind of promote a little more, please join. Um, add me on Instagram if you have it. Uh, it's at my blurred opinion. Uh, I do a lot of lives. A lot, but I've probably done about six, seven lives already. Just talking about... Um, you know, specific issues and just stuff that's on my mind that I just don't want to just do an episode about because I only have like 15 minutes of just kind of dialogue. I mean, I could do a whole one, but I'll be stretching it. Um, but it's just, just some stuff that's on my mind currently, um, whether it's about my mental health or, um, you know, celebrating Disability Pride Month and things like that. Um, I did one on like DMX when you're know, just about addiction and just how we were so hurt by one person dying. But we didn't really talk about the hundreds of thousands of people that died the previous year of addiction. We're only worried about DMX and this is coming from a DMX fan. It's just, um, yeah. Anyway, so just stuff like that. I just, I just throw some issues out there. Some stuff. I'm just stuff that's bothered me, stuff I'm happy about so on and so on. Just, you know, you'll see some pictures of bullet. Um, I always put some audiograms of like the upcoming guest and things like that. Just, you know, just some, and there's some happy stuff, some sad stuff, some whatever. Um, but yeah, guys, I hope everyone's well. Um, support me as much as you can when you have time. I, I really am grateful for everyone. Uh, I try to, I know I say the same shit all the time. I apologize, but there's only so many words that come to my head, and there's only so many words that you can use that'll be applicable for what we're talking about. And um, it's hard not to just say the same shit sometimes, but. Uh, I genuinely do care about everyone who supports me. Uh, I can't do this without you guys. I mean, I guess technically I could just talk to myself and no one could care or listen, but that's not the point of this. The point is to reach as many people to bring us together and fight for what we need in this world, Uh, the real issues. So I hope everyone's well, and I will see you guys next week. Same time, same channel, blah-de-blah. All right, guys, see you later. Bye-bye.